Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. A lot of times we think that when we set a goal, we have in our mind the way it's going to look when we get there. And the most important thing you can do is release that idea of what it has to look like and just allow it to arrive as it arrives. The sooner you can relax into, okay, it is the way it is, and that's fine, show me the blessing. The sooner you release the pain and the struggle around it, and the sooner you allow the blessings to arrive in. On today's guest episode, I welcome the mystic Zofia Renea Morales. Zofia is the sensible mystic. She's also the transformational alchemist. She helps empaths to master their energy and reclaim their true identity. Working with them to stop letting the world control who we are and how we feel about ourselves. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello, Whitney Walker. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yeah, welcome to Women Waken. It's so wonderful to have you with us. Zofia, I was on your podcast, which is actually more like a, uh, is it an online show? It's an online radio show, yes, through Voice America. Yes, The Sovereign Self, which is a title. We had such a lovely conversation. I loved being a guest on your show. I felt very much held in your sensible mystic space. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You refer to yourself as a sensible mystic, which to me kind of translates as into relatable, right? You don't have to be up on in the clouds to understand your, a bit of your mystic perspective. Exactly. It's my, um, it was actually given to me by one of my earliest clients. She would call up and I've got all this weird stuff going on. And I'm like, okay, here's the mindset stuff. Here's, you know, ritual you can do around it. And here's some really practical shit you can do too. <laughs> I'll take that. And, and she's like, I love this. You know, I, as I, I come to you for that woo mixed with, you know, the practical hands-on day-to-day stuff as well. You don't just leave me out there with, you know, well, visualize more intently or hold the vibration in your body. You you give me ways to like really make that happen. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, you have to keep your feet on the ground and your, you know, your arms up to the sky, right? It it takes both. And I think that that's what we need a lot of is people who are able to bridge a bit the physical world and the spiritual realm and allow them to know that they're they're just as important as the other. We don't want to abandon the physical just because we're now opening up more to the power and the importance of the spiritual realm and the messages there and the, you know, the information and insight we can gain from it. But we still have to be able to bring it down to practical purposes because we are human beings in a physical world. 
Yeah, and we still have to express ourselves through our physicality into this physical body. Yes, uh, yeah. exactly. I call it walking with a foot in both worlds. <laughs> yes, love it. And Zofia, you're also a transformational alchemist. I love that yes. word alchemy. So can you explain what that it means to you, being that transformational alchemist? Uh, what it means to me is that I hold a very powerful transformational space for people to step into to drop the things that have held them back in the past, to remake themselves into a new, what I want to say, a new form that, that fits them better in today's world to take that step to the next level of your expression in this world, basically. Um, and sometimes we need someone who can hold that space, who can show us the mirror and go, okay, here's the process. We're going to go through it together. We go through it together. And then you come out the other side, a shiny new butterfly. Yeah. And what can that look like for people, Zofia? Because I think I know for me, I've been hearing a lot lately, time of transformation and you're going to, you know, completely change everything and I'm getting these strong messages and it can be a little daunting where it feels like, well, what's going to change? Am I going to like, you know, go live in a cave? Am I going to, you know, have a new name? And identity? <laughs> I, I don't think it's that always that intent. You can change. Yeah. Well, still be you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the cave is one of those things that, um, you know, it's, it's a time honored thing, right? You wake up and you go ponder your navel in some cave in Tibet. Okay. That there's nothing inherently wrong with that okay if you isolate you say isolate yourself in a cave in tibet uh and you really do your meditation and your connecting and whatever you will absolutely progress spiritually what is the impact you'll have on the rest of the world a big fat zero okay and i don't think we're here to just bring ourselves forward yes that needs to be job one for each of us right because peace starts inside of yourself Enlightenment starts inside of yourself. Uh, but it's the example that you set that inspires other people to move forward and do that same work for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think everything in life moves in an ebb and a flow and in and out, a connecting and a part. One of my mm -hmm. favorite sort of paraphrasing about relationships is that be a part in your togetherness, I think is a phrase, because when we connect, whether it's, you know, romantic or even like a friendship, we're not meant to stay connected, right? In the right. same way that we're not meant to stay forever in the cave, but we're also not meant to stay forever giving and, and connecting with others. We need time to ourselves. That's sort of the yep. ebb. And then we flow out with others. And then we have time with the self where we grow. But then sometimes change can only happen in relation to others, in relationships. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree with that very much. Um, part of the reason I use the analogy of walking in both worlds is because walking, we think of it as, well, you move forward in this straight line. But the truth of the matter with walking is you swing over to one side and then you swing back to the other side with each step going forward. And so what looks in the end like it's kind of this straight line sort of experience is actually this really subtle zigzag where you tilt more to one side and then more to the other. Uh, and that's what makes it work. That's what makes it smooth and wonderful yeah. is that, that shifting from one to the other in the moment as it's needed. 
And I think it's a beautiful analogy for how to balance the the spiritual world and the mundane world. You know, you know a little of this and then a little of that and a little of this and a little of that. Yes. It is a dance though, right? It's a yeah. graceful dance that does take time to to get comfortable with, to get into the flow with. Yeah. I think the problem is resistance, right? We think, oh, no, no, no I, I should have stepped here and there and then we're rather than... Ye- yeah, just allowing and going with flow. I one of the myths I think in the awakened awakening world, if you will, is that you you step into this world of like connectedness and woo and bliss and positive vibes and this is the only thing that ever happens in your life from here on out. You've got the easy button just cruise through the rest of your life. That is not how this works. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> You, you will have moments of grace and ease and wonderful woo and serendipity. And then you will have moments where you swing back into the really practical, got to go pick up the kids in the milk and get dinner on the table. And then we swing yeah. back into to the woo and the wonder and, and just back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you speak to that. We think that we're going to kind of get into cruise control mode and just cruise. But, you know, you you use the phrase transformational alchemist. Well, both of those words include the concept of change and shift you know alchemy only occurs by a chemical by a reaction that's not yes you know quiet it's tumultuous that's when we get the biggest change and just as we were saying it's the rhythm so yes you'll have this big alchemical you know expression and then you'll have adapting into that and then there'll be another change because you know i've heard that the the word life is synonymous with change life is change there's no life without change because then life would end Absolutely. You do not want all of your your cells to go into a a static state. (laughs) That would be very, very bad. That's called death. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, and it's imperative that your your cells continue to change and adjust and all this as you go through life. Mm -hmm. Um, And just as we as human beings change and adjust and grow as we go through life. And those are the people who thrive the best, the ones who are like, all right, this is my now moment and it's fabulous. And then the next thing arrives and, well, this is now my now moment moment, and this is fabulous also. Maybe different from what went before, but there are still fabulous things about it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, Zofia, to kind of, um, you know, give something tangible to, to the audience, for those who are kind of in my position where I'm in a transformative time in my life. I let's say I want to work with someone like you, a transformational alchemist who can be like, let's help you shift some of these energies, get into that zone where you're changing. What do you do to help someone identify what they really need to start alchemizing or transforming, to start adjusting or shifting? You know, I know that transformation also comes not just with bringing things in, but releasing stuff yeah. that we've been doing. One of the first things that I recommend, okay, and this comes from my science background, is to move into a neutral observer kind of place, right? Because when we're deep in our stuff and there's this profound stuff going on inside of us, our judgmentalness tends to come back out in force. And one of the best things you can do for yourself is just step back and be neutral to what it is. Okay, change is hard. Give yourself that. Change is hard. Step into a neutral position and look at what does this really mean? What are the patterns that are sitting here in front of me? 
because there are always patterns and pay attention to the questions that you're asking because the questions are the keys that unlock the next door and the next door and the next door. And free will allows us to choose which of those keys we wanna use. So we can sit there and ask, well, why the heck does this shit always happen to me? That opens a particular door. Um, I've opened that door before. I don't like what's behind that door. <laughs> so I choose not to use that question anymore. And I choose to get curious about, well, how is this the universe serving me? How does this pull me forward? How is this elevating my life? Okay, because many times when change arrives, it looks like complete and total utter devastation. Okay, and part of that is the nature of change, right? We've asked for a lot of things in our life. We have these goals that we want to accomplish, things that we would like to bring into this world manifest, if you like that world word. Um, but the thing we forget is we can't receive when our hands are full. If you've got your hands full of something else, you can't receive this big, amazing thing that you've just asked for. So the first thing life does, <laughs> the universe, is it slaps all that shit out of your hands, which is very disorienting. It tends to make us panicky as humans. The, the foundation has been shaken. Um, and so it's normal to have that reaction of, oh my God, now what? Have your freak out, but then take that nice deep breath, get curious and ask, what is this setting the stage for? How does this serve me? How does this pull me forward? And that will open the doors that you want to see opened. Yeah. Wow. That is a really powerful statement and a great visual is that you can't receive if your hands are full. If you've already said, I'm all full up here, you know, I, I got what I need, or at least I have, you know, something that I'm holding, then what, how can you take something? And I think that's why there's, there's a lot of statements around release, release, release yes. what doesn't serve you. Because again, if you're all stocked up, you know, if there's a no vacancy sign on your yeah. in a personal motel room, motel, um, how can you take in anything in? Exactly. Well, and here's, here's what tends to happen, right? You've got your hands full of your life as you know it right now. Your health is a certain thing. You've got a partner. You don't have a partner. You've got kids. You don't have kids. Whatever it is, the job, the career, whatever is in your life. And your hands are all full of this. And you're, you're kind of attached to it because, you know, that's your familiar place. And as humans, we love our familiar place. Uh, and then life comes along and says, you asked for this amazing change where you're going to live this laptop lifestyle and you're going to be serving people in a dramatically different way. And it comes and it smacks all that shit out of your hands. And you can choose to scramble and try and pull all those pieces back together and scoop them back into your hands. Or you can go, oh, that was wow. OK, so what is it that you want me to to hold my hands out for. And you can choose to just release, relax in, allow what's happening to happen and wait and see what arrives in your open hands. Yeah. Because you can't receive while you're scrambling around trying to keep all of the pieces together either. Yeah. So this makes me ask, when we talk about releasing, because part of me thinks of like getting rid of things, right? Like, okay, this has got to go. But then the way you just said it, it feels more like 
okay, so let's say you're, you have your hands closed, right? You can't re- definitely yeah. can't receive if you're holding something like this. But if you open your palms and you say, I am open and willing to anything that wants to come or go, right? Yes. Kind of like the way that a tree receives birds and lets it just, it sits there and lets things yeah. come and go. It receives birds, it receives rain, it receives wind, it receives right. sun, all of the things. Right. Um, and the more you can just allow your life to ebb and flow, the more miracle and synchronicity you allow in. When we try to get overly controlling with it, and what do I want to say? To impose what our mind believes is accurate about the situation on the situation. That's when you start to get caught up in these cycles that are that are hard on you emotionally. Yes. Because you spend a lot of time going, well, it should not be this way. It should be this other way. And there's a lot of pain in that conflict, in that dynamic between it, the way it should be and the way it is. The sooner you can relax into, okay, it is the way it is. And that's fine. Show me the blessing. The sooner you release the pain and the struggle around it. And the sooner you allow this, the blessings to arrive in. A lot of times we think that when we set a goal, we have in our mind the way it's going to look when we get there. And the most important thing you can do is release that idea of what it has to look like and just allow it to arrive as it arrives. That it's an interesting trick to move into and through, especially if you're like me, right? I was trained in science, very logical, rational, kind of person. Uh, And I find if I can step into curiosity, it makes that much easier for me. Mm -hmm. Um, The other tool that I absolutely love for changing things like beliefs and automatic responses to things is hypnotherapy. Mm. Because it goes to where those things are stored, which is your subconscious mind. And so subconscious mind, why is it that we believe that you know, it has to be X, Y, Z way when, you know, I know or I feel in my heart that it could be this other way. And your subconscious will talk to you and say, well, you know, it's because of this thing that happened when you were a child. And we came to the conclusion that if there's no money in the house, you're not safe. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we always have to have money and we're not willing to ever release it to continue that flow in the world, right? There's it'll get cross-wired in these weird ways. And when you do hypnosis, you can go, oh, well, we've outgrown that. (laughs) I don't need that anymore. We can let that go and bring something in that does serve you. Yeah. And it happens so fast. Yes. Wow. Okay. A bunch of things you just said. One, that's the second time I've heard that message today that you need to release your idea about how things will show up and just let them show up as they are. So I I think, and I've heard that in many spheres recently. So I I think it's a collective thing right now. Um, We all have very fixed mindsets. We're human beings. There's a lot of programming that happens when we come into this world around what you need, what you have to have, what are, um, you know, essentials for life. The reality I believe is that there's actually no essentials to life. We've just made it all up. And so we live by those rules (laughs) and, and it causes us a lot of detriment. So I think that releasing Again, it's all, I mean, I, this whole show seems about moving from here to here. Yeah, right? from that, for... that closed thing into the yeah. open palms where you can receive, yeah. yeah. And then 
yeah, letting it come in and just without judgment, just, oh, okay, that wasn't what I thought, but I'm going to, it's what's coming to me. If it's coming to you, how can it not be for you? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And how can it not serve you in some way? Even the ugliest things in the world can serve you in amazing, beautiful ways, whether it's that you lost a child in a car wreck or you were falsely accused and you ended up in prison. These can all be blessings in their own way, as difficult as they are, and those are profoundly difficult. Um, there are always blessings that come out of it. Maybe perhaps because you're incarcerated, you have the opportunity to develop art skills that you never would have if you'd stayed in the busy, busy world and you become a famous artist out of it. There are a number of inmates who've done this, right? Um, you know, you lose a child and it motivates you to become engaged in the world in a different way, whether it's mothers against drunk driving or, or against gun violence or whatever the thing was that took your child. Yeah. A lot of times that's how people get started on these causes that make a profound difference in the world. And while there's an overwhelming grief that goes with that, and grief never completely goes away, although it will attenuate somewhat, um, there's a blessing that comes out of that that you'd have never had had that not happened in your life. And that can be in the form of a mission that helps you save other families from having to go through that same, same event. And there are lots of rewards for that sort of helping in the world. Yes. Emotional ones, <laughs> as well as monetary and, yeah. and cultural. Yeah. And I want to share a sentiment that was offered by, I had a grief coach on the show and she said, grief never ends because love never ends. That's right. And the only reason grief exists is because we love something dearly and it, we will miss it always. And that's, so it's, it's a, it's a painful thing, but it's an exquisitely painful thing and that it's made of love. It Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the beautiful thing about going through the grieving process is what you just said. It affirms the depth of your ability to love, um, but it can also serve as rocket fuel <laughs> for you to step into something that's really important to you. And that will take your life a whole different direction than you ever imagined. Absolutely. And I, I think also to what you're speaking to, Sophia, is that um, people who face what we would see as worldly atrocities, um, some of the things you mentioned that we can't even, most of us can't fathom experiencing or being able to overcome or, or live on afterwards, but people have. And they've found, just as you said, within them, it's, you know, we all know that the greatest Again, alchemy happens with the strongest reactions, right? With the yes. most challenging of times comes that phoenix from the ashes. This like you're truly like your soul's essence, like just, you know, rising up to the yeah. surface. It's, it's, right. it's the fuel to, to fund or to fire the change, right? Yes. Because a chemical reaction typically doesn't happen at room temperature where everything's cozy and nice. This is very unusual that anything reacts at that under those conditions. You have to change those conditions to something much more extreme to catalyze that change. Yes. So, uh, and up in pressure and up in temperature, the application of liquid where there was nothing before or the removal of liquid to make something dry. 
these kinds of situations are what then set the stage for that massive change to occur. Yes. Yes. And, and as you said, the biggest accomplishments and innovations and greatest services to humanity were often done by people who faced the most dire and detrimental of circumstances, but then decided to live anyways. I mean, I think of Stephen Hawking's, you know, who, how many of us would see any hope in a life where we felt we could no, no longer had control of our bodies and only a voice. But just as you yeah. said about a prison inmate, he was basically imprisoned in his body, but he found a way to use that. How would he have, the, have had the time to just focus on these equations and, you know, mysteries of mathematics that he would might not had access to had he been a normal functioning person. Yeah. And expected to pick up the kids at four o'clock on the way home and get the milk and all of this kind yeah. of stuff. There, There is always something that one of these extreme changes will bring to you that's a blessing that you didn't have previously. A lot of times when your soul is inviting you into change, it will do things like take away your career or take away your health, right? These are our hall passes to sit on on the sofa and to really think about things. Yeah. It gives us a lot of headspace in that moment. If we, you know, get through the freak out, take a nice deep breath and calm ourselves and go, okay, how is this serving me? Yeah. Okay. Because you can choose in those circumstances to scramble around, try and yank all the pieces together and do all the things. Yeah. Uh, but you also miss that opportunity that you had for that headspace for that reinvention of yourself. Yes. And so much of that involves trust, trusting that. <sighs> and I'm realizing this a lot lately, Sophia, because this is actually exactly what you just said is happening in my life. I've had the health stuff that was last year for me where yep. health issues swooped in and completely changed the course I thought I was going to take for last year. The, and now just recently, um, my business is shrinking. It's, you know, changing, it's dissolving a bit. And I'm my mental self and my this world self is panicking because you also spoke earlier, Sophia, of our the concepts that we hold tight to, right? right. I need to have my financial stability or else I will flounder and everything will go wrong. Yes. But what if we knew that the universe was holding us all the time? What if we knew that the universe sees things we don't? So it says, hey, I actually am helping you lower your client load right now so that you have the capacity to start the next project that's actually going to be bigger than you could ever imagine and bring much more abundance than you have right now. Yeah. But to me, you know, and I speak because I think other people can relate. We hold on so tight. Again, the opposite of our theme for the show, releasing. We hold it. We say, no, 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 I need this. Don't take my coins. Don't take my savings. I need it. Yeah. And the universe is saying, can you just trust that if you invest these coins, if you take a risk, you'll, you'll have so much more. Hold. But we're, we are trained to believe that we are you know, feeble beings that need to be very careful about each step we take yeah. and we do and not trust. Okay. Here's, let's go for some evidence. I love evidence in these circumstances. Okay. Because we are trained from childhood to be concerned about the boogeyman. Okay. What if this happens? What if that happens? And we project out into the future quite a ways with a lot of our thinking. Mm -hmm. And in fact, 99.9% .9 of the time that we're in this world, we are fine. There is nothing technically wrong. But in our heads, we're thinking about all of the lions behind the bushes and, and financial disaster and ending up homeless under a bridge. Okay. But at the moment, you're fine. You're dressed. You recently had a meal. 
you're breathing, you have a roof over your head, you have people who love you around you or, or who come and go from your life with fair regularity who you can contact, you're in a great place. It's the, the negative track that's playing in your mind that's making you miserable. And so that's the first thing is to recognize whether you're being in the moment or whether you're in this projection out into the future. And the more you can be in the moment, the more you'll have that peace and that calm and the feeling of being supported by the universe. And then I promised you evidence. <laughs> so here's your evidence. How old are you right now? Okay, I'm late 50s. I'm 37. Okay, so looking back on the prior 37 years, you've been through some tough times and you've been through some fabulous times, have you not? I have. Okay, and you made it through every single one of those tough times, didn't you? Yeah, I'm here. I'm you're, you're here, you're still here, you're doing fine. Okay, there's your evidence that the universe has supported you all the way through that. Because all the way through those prior 37 years, you've got this projection out into the future that goes, well, if I lose this job, all of this cascade of stuff will happen, right? Um, or if I get sick this way, all of this other cascade of stuff will happen. None of that shit happened, or very little of that shit happened. And guess what? You're still here anyway. There's your evidence. You are taken care of all the way along. It may not look like what you think in your mind it's supposed to look like, but you're taken care of all the way along and you are still here and you still got today and all things being equal, you will likely still have tomorrow also. <laughs> okay, I can't guarantee that, right? Because we never know precisely when our exit is going to be, but you're here right now, you're fine. So get up and do that thing. Do that thing you would do if you knew you could not fail. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Do that thing. <laughs> well, what do you, so, okay, let's say though, then how do you help people with the next step? Is that what if they say, I don't know what that is. I know that there's something I want to do, but I don't know. I feel like I don't know how to take that step or what it is or where it is or how to find it. Yes. I call that sitting under the Bodhi tree. <laughs> oh, okay. We have a name for that too. Always good. Yes. Time. I call that sitting under the Bodhi tree. It's waiting for that Buddha moment that your, your, your life purpose shows up in this grand technicolor vision with all the details. Okay. And I will tell you, it's a blessing that life does not work that way. Because if you knew your life purpose with all the technicolor details, you would be as intimidated as heck and overwhelmed and it would be very hard for you to move forward and into that because a lot of times our life purpose is a thing we grow into over decades. Mm -hmm. And so from where you're at to where that, that grand purpose is, it's a deliberately long path. Mm -hmm. And so thank heavens, 99.9% .9 of the time, it does not work that way. <laughs> How it works is a lot like a GPS. Okay. And you know how you program into your phone. I want to go here, right? I have this kind of feeling that I like this and I'd like to go here. If you program that into your phone and you just sit there, what does your GPS tell you to do? Move back out of the driveway. 
I can't do anything for you until you're moving. Mm -hmm. And so how you read your GPS is you look at the things that light you up. I call them soul breadcrumbs. And so if getting up in the morning and going to the library to look for some spiritual books lights you up, go do that thing. Okay. If, you know, coaching your kid's soccer team lights you up, that is absolutely part of your life purpose. Continue to do that or begin to do that, whether you think you're qualified or not. This, this is one of the, I've been researching women and glass ceilings and this kind of thing. So there's been a lot of like gender reading in my world recently. But one of the things that women have a tendency to wait for is permission. We're waiting for somebody to come look at us and go, you'd be an amazing coach. Why don't you volunteer to, to coach your daughter's team? Okay. Now, 98% of the time, that's not how that happens. Occasionally, you'll get invited into something. But most of the time, it's like, oh, well, I think that would be interesting. Or there's a need there, and I'm going to just try it. There needs to be a willingness on your part to just go try some stuff. Yeah. And if it's not for you, fabulous. If it is for you, fabulous. That's part of your soul breadcrumbs that you're following. Do more of that. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, along with the soul breadcrumbs, another phase phrase I've heard that really stuck with me is your soul's in your soul's emphasis is always correct. So when I think of this, when I've had those moments where it's like, um, okay, great, but I don't know what the next move is. I will often feel drawn, even if, if it's something like, I want to go to this store today, go yeah. to that store because you might run into somebody after the store. You might see a, another store you didn't know about. And you might meet someone that invites you somewhere. Your soul is all the breadcrumbs are always there. It might not Absolutely. be like this big, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to go start this class it's on almost never something like starting a class yeah. on astrophysics, as a matter of fact. And <laughs> if you, that. if you, if you would like to regularly make progress towards your goal, this is a spiritual practice that I used for many years. I still use it actually to this day. Um, and that is when I wake up in the morning, that first, like opening the eyes, you're still in that floaty kind of state. This is the theta state. At that time, ask your higher self, what is the single most important thing for me to accomplish on my mission today? Mm -hmm. And whatever little mundane thing drops in, and it will seem silly and mundane, go do that thing. Make it the only thing on your to-do list. Do that thing. If you do nothing else, do that thing. And it will lead you amazing places. Yes. Absolutely. And something else I'll, I'll tie in there is that I know for me, I get frustrated because I'll do that and I'll feel like I hear nothing. But then a few hours later, I'll say, I want to go to that. I want to go for a hike at that park. I yeah. wanna, And that's your answer. Sometimes it doesn't come right away because I think sometimes it's because we get in our own way. We, we almost get, like, yeah. We don't. think about how that answer is supposed to arrive to us. Right. Yeah. And in our mind, we'd like to answer, ask that question and boom, something drops in. And for me, that's frequently what happens because that's part of my spiritual modality. Uh, questions are a very key thing for me. I'm claircognizant. And so when I ask a question, I leave my mind blank and allow that answer to arrive. And it tends to do that. Yes. Not everyone is claircog. Some of us are clairsentient, meaning it arrives in our body. 
our feelings, right? Yeah. And or it arrives in our feel sense, whether it's a feeling or a physical sensing. And, and clear, some of clarify, us, cognizance yeah. is like a knowing. Right? It's a clear it's, knowing. Yes. Yeah. Clairvoyance, you hear actual words. Clair, clairvoyance, clairvoyance, you see. Clear audience, you hear. I don't know why I flip those around all the time. I guess because I'm a cog and not a voyant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So sometimes you'll get an image of something. Sometimes you will hear something. Sometimes you'll get a feeling in your body. You'll get a knowing. It arrives many different ways for different people. So this is another space where you just have to let go in your mind of what you think it ought to look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because many of us have watched a lot of Hollywood and it's like, oh, I want to be clairvoyant. I want to, you know, see dead people and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah okay. It's, it's not all it's cracked up to. If you talk to a clairvoyant, they will a lot of times uh, express um, envy for a clairsentient or a claircog because they don't have to guess what the image means, right? A clear cog is given the information. They just know. A clear sentient feels it in their body. If you're in a healing uh, role, that can be hugely useful when you're sitting with a client, especially one who's disconnected from their own physicality. You can feel into their physicality and go, oh, you've got this thing going on in your knee or your elbow or whatever it is, right? that sometimes the client can't even dial into. So each of these different modes has their own blessing. Yes. So it's important to allow yours to just be okay, to be fine. That That's how it comes. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad to, this is coming up because it's something that I, I actually did a workshop on this and I'd like to bring it back because we're all psychic beings. Yep. It's We're just like we have five senses. We have all the clairs as well. They're just additional senses that we, for some reason, have decided are not real. They're not, you know, trustworthy. They're trustworthy. not, yeah, all not the like things. They're just as real yeah. as anything else. And, you know, they, we all often brush them off, right? I mean, a lot of it is com- psychicness <laughs> is a lot about intuition because yeah. you're trusting this knowing that's coming to you. And one more thing on clairsentience for those who are listening, it's also, you know, what's the vibe is a popular term now, but that's yeah. sort of Clairsentience is, you know, I have it often if I'll meet someone and I'll just think, ooh, like something, something feels strange in this. Or even yeah. I'll, I'll go into a room and I'll say something doesn't feel good here. It feels like there's a lot of sadness here or something was not. And it's trust your sense about it. It's saying maybe this isn't the highest space for you right now. Maybe some, the yeah. energy here is low. And then there's also when you feel other people's emotions, clear. Oh, that, that's actually being a physical empath. Yeah. Or an emotional empathy. Clear empathy. Yeah, it can be called clear empathy. I just call it empathy. Um, (laughs) And it it even that sort of physical empathy comes in a number of flavors. Some of us are more tuned into other people. Some of us are more tuned into the vibration of a place or, or the vibe of mother earth. Some of us are more tuned into animals. Um, and it, it's sort of like your aptitudes in school, right? They would give you these aptitude tests and some of you are verbal and some are more mechanical and more creative, all this sort of thing. It's the same thing with these extrasensory senses. Mm-hmm. Some of us, the the visual just arrives very easily. And so that's the path that the information comes through. It will come through the the path of least resistance. 
And for me, it's the knowing and the feeling in the body. Yes. Yes, definitely. And, and, and we're all just wired a little bit different. So it's important to recognize what your wiring is and to respect that. The most common story I hear in psychic development classes when we're sharing, you know, how'd it go? Did you get any signs this week? Blah, 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 blah. The most common one is, I had this feeling that I should not do this. Okay, so what did you do instead? Oh, no, I did it. And I was right. I should not have done it. <laughs> and so that's like the first step of recognizing that you have intuition uh, is ignoring it initially. So if you, if you have these feelings and you go ahead and you do it anyway, and you realize you should have paid attention, that's the first step, which is awareness that this is happening. Mm-hmm. And that will allow you now to move into the second step, which is respecting what that intuition is sharing with you. Yeah. The, uh, respecting the don't do this feeling mm-hmm. and going, okay, no, this isn't right for me right now. I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you begin to grow beyond that to things to do, right? (laughs) Once you've started to listen to things not to do, it tends to expand into things to do. I had this pull to go into this store. I had this pull to talk to this stranger at the the bus stop, whatever it is. that tends to be the next evolution is listening to the things that you're drawn towards following the soul breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what, uh, something else that just popped in my head based on my ex- experience last weekend, um, when I felt an intuitive pull, a soul emphasis to go to a, an adventure to this park, it was like an hour away. So it was like a little road trip. And I went and it was just time and nature. And I, you know, I walked around and I was kind of waiting for this big thing, but sort of, as I said earlier, that sometimes it comes to you later, we can't, again, it's expecting a certain result, right? Right. If you go somewhere and you're like, all right, I showed up, I'm at this, you know, this mountaintop and I'm waiting for my, you know, light bulb moment and it's not here. Sometimes you're all, you're just meant to maybe be in nature for the day because right. sometimes what you need is just to step away. It's just the thing. It's yeah, just the, to relax. To exactly. Yeah. In the in the West, we have been so programmed to always be productive in every second. Productive and to get instant gratification. Instant right? gratification. Instant exactly. I want that instant answer. I went to the mountain. Where is my inner peace? <laughs> yes. And sometimes you're just intended to go to the mountain to get out of your day-to-day grind, to break up the schedule, to give you some mental rest and headspace. Uh, and sometimes, you know, the answer will arrive there at the end of the day if you kind of let go of this idea that, yeah, it's got to come, it's got to come. Uh, and sometimes it was just, you know what, you need this break. So we're going to send you to the mountain and you come back more refreshed tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And really, you can never go wrong with time in nature, with the elements, anything like that. It's good. I always feel it returns us back to our. I mean, we ourselves are elements. Yeah. We're an element. And we, which means inherently we have wisdom within us, just as the mountain has its elemental wisdom, just as it is. It's been around for eons, right? It has an understanding of of its own purpose just by being. But that's what we've kind of lost touch with is we don't believe that we have a purpose just by being. We think we have to do, we have to prove it. 
Yes, we, we, we've become human doings. <laughs> uh, human doings rather than human beings and it's gotten us in a big old rush and a mess. And, you know, we're, we're depleting ourselves and our world in the process. Absolutely. Because we're running ourselves ragged. We're running the world ragged. It's, it's resources and it's, you know, cleanliness and state of being and um, it's not necessary. So that, Sophia, is the main reason why I've been grabbed drawn towards this work is because uh, I think that change starts by offering new ideas, yes, ways of doing things. And new ways of doing things comes from a new way of being, which comes from a new way of knowing ourselves. When we know ourselves a certain way, we start being a certain way. Yes, exactly. Well, and a lot of, a lot of folks, I can hear people out there already going, well, I don't know how to be any different than I am. Okay. And I, I get this a lot when I'm working with clients, for example, it's like, okay, if you, if you were not always continually on alert for someone rejecting you, what would your life be like? I don't know how to be that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can borrow ways of being from other people. Do you know someone in your life who is confident in themselves and unconcerned about being rejected? Imagine what it's like to be in that state because you've watched them, you've observed them. Imagine what it would be like to be in that state and hold that as your target. Borrow that way of being and try it on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. See see how it, try it on for size, as they say. Be like, yeah, exactly. So, so often when we're going through this kind of stuff, it's like, oh my God, I've got to make a choice and it's huge and I'm going to be married to it forever. Yeah. No, no. All of all of these things pass. All of these things are different stages. All of these things you can accept or reject. Yeah. Okay. So try it on for a while. Find out, you know, what are the features? What are the benefits? What what does this allow me to do? Yes. And then decide if you want to keep it or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember like early on in my spiritual journey hearing something like that, where it's like you try releasing the things that bring you misery because you can always take it right back. You can go back and get your, your misery. Yeah, you can go pick it right back up. It's like yeah, losing but, weight, right? You you yeah. you can find it again if you set your mind to it. <laughs> totally, absolutely. And I think that that's so important for people to know that it doesn't have to be this, you know, no return type thing, point of no return, that it's just trying different things on. And, you know, when, when you said people ask like, well, I don't know how to be that way. And, you know, with the example of someone who's not walking around afraid of rejection, why I, my belief is that the reason why we fear rejection is because we have a belief about it, that if we get rejected, we will be bad. We won't be lovable. We won't usually comes down to, we won't get the things we want or we'll lose something we have. Yeah. That's what fear is based on. And, and there's usually a story around it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, some people have this story that, well, there's something fundamentally wrong with me and people will figure that out if they get to know me. And so the instant I think they're figuring that out, then I'm going to distance myself because it keeps me safe. Yes. Okay. That, that's a whole, if you've heard this story and that's not your story, you're listening to the story and going, Oh my God, what a load of hogwash that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if this is your story that you've been telling yourself for decades, uh, that's going to feel familiar and like it's home. And I'm going to invite you to move out 
I would see you in much better surroundings than that, my friend. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's use a, a uh, an example. Maybe you can, because I had this thing happen recently. I'm going to let you know, and you can tell me yeah. from your perspective what you would offer. So I experienced rejection recently from a new friend that I met and okay. we had a, key, a few great times hanging out. And then suddenly they kept declining any offer to, to connect. And so objectively, there's no problem there, right? Two people try right. to connect. I thought it was working. The other person didn't. But the story I told myself was I did something wrong. There was something mm. wrong with me. I wasn't interesting enough. I wasn't nice, cool enough. I'd said something rude. I did something bad. That's, I think that's another thing that happens a lot is we, if we've gotten the idea that we're a bad person for some reason, yes. maybe we were scolded when we were young for things. Maybe we were shamed for something. And the belief that we're bad is, I think, a belief that a lot of people hold deep down. Oh, especially women. <laughs> yes. Yes. So how, like with, with me, you know, if, we, if I were to walk into your office to work with you and I said, how do I move past this without having this belief come up that this experience meant anything more than just energies meeting and separating because they weren't for each other? Yeah. Well, the first thing we would do is dig more deeply into this story and the roots of this story you're telling yourself that it was something that I did that pushed this person away. Mm -hmm. I am not attractive because I did something to push this person away. Uh, that's the story we would want to unravel on a subconscious level. And so what I would invite you to do is tell me more about the first time you remember having that feeling. I mean, I... I feel like I was almost born that way. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I personally, and I think, and I say this because I think that other people have been there where parents are humans and sometimes yeah. they didn't plan on having a little baby. And then there's this epigenetics thing that happens and it can give, literally get uh, moved along in your DNA. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you respond to me in that way, then what I would suggest is, okay, it sounds like it probably is something that was passed to you in utero because babies can feel what's going on with their mother and they know whether they were planned and welcomed or unplanned and unwelcomed or some combination of the above. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what I would suggest at this point is we should probably do a regression hypnosis to take you back to that time in the womb which is when you're stating to me you remember having that sensation the first time. Mm -hmm. And then that allows us to talk to your subconscious about that story, about that belief that feels like it's so integral to your person. Yeah. That and feels then very we can, real. Then we can pick that apart. Mm -hmm. And so what would you like to have instead of that belief? Mm -hmm. That's a more constructive story. That's... I don't know that anyone who leaves my life is not just not for me or that it has anyone that, that walks away from me is it has nothing to do with me. It's not a yeah. indication about good, bad, dull, indifferent, nothing to do with you. It has to do yeah. with what's moving and motivating them. Yeah. Excellent. I like that. Okay. The people will come and go from my life as they feel moved to. It has no bearing on my worth as a person or how I've been in the world. Yes. Yeah. And so then when we're in the hypnosis session, we would have that conversation with your subconscious 
a lot of times it'll show up as, what do I want to say, a representative character, <laughs> a little orphan Annie or, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then we ask your subconscious what it needs from you to be able to make that shift. And we provide for it whatever it is it needed to be able to make that shift. And then we ask your subconscious mind, how do we hold this change in place? How do we move forward in this new, more constructive way? And your subconscious provides these answers as we go along, and it's always the perfect fit. And when we're done, hey, presto, you've got a whole new way of being. Alchemy. Transformational alchemy. alchemy. Transformational alchemy, baby. <laughs> got it full circle. Full circle. Well, Zofia, Renea, Morales, it was so beautiful to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for thank sharing you. your your wisdom as the sensible mystic. You sure provided <laughs> some lovely, tangible things we can root in the ground and grow from into the cosmos with. Absolutely. I'm, it's such a pleasure to be here. It's been my honor and my pleasure. I absolutely adore having these conversations with people. Um, and I'm sure in the show notes, you'll have ways to contact and reach out. So if you'd like to, t to talk to me, go ahead and reach out to me. Yeah. Would you like to yeah. just share just in case anybody wants sure. to share what's the best Absolutely. way to contact you, listen to your show, work there, with you? There, there are two doorways into Sophia land. Okay. The first one is an indirect one. Uh, I created this thing called the What is Your Number One Superpower Quiz? And you can find that at superpowerquiz.us. And basically what I'm doing is I'm holding up a mirror for you to see what your particular spiritual giftedness is the primary one. You have more than one, but the, the big one, because a lot of times it's like the water we swim in, you know, it, you just don't notice it. You're so it's accustomed just to there. It. You're you know, so like, used to it. Exactly. Like, That's just what it is. So this is, you're looking in the mirror. It's like, oh, you mean not everybody's wired that way? Exactly. Not everybody's wired that way. You have your special giftedness. So that's like the indirect door. You can come and hang out around the edges of Sophia land and get to know me a little bit. Uh, if you've got something going on that you would like insight or help with, uh, you can connect with me at bookzofiacoffeechat.com. And Sophia is Z-O-F-I-A, bookzofiacoffeechat.com. And it'll put you on my calendar for a free 20-minute conversation. Fantastic. And, and you always come away with something practical out of that. <laughs> Lovely. All right, Sophia. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Take good care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.